Amen. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Oh, just wait for me. Amen. I just need to cover one aspect of it. Amen. 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 Uh, but we can turn to our Bible. Chapter 5. Amen. Isaiah 5. And then we'll read from verse 4. So funda suela u verse 4. That's Isaiah 5, verse 4. Isaiah 5, verse 4. Says what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked, I looked that it should bring forth grapes, I brought it forth wild grapes. Nakwenziwani futi isivinini sami ingakwenzanga kusona kungani ukuba lapho ngithemba ukuthi siyakuthela izithelo zomvini saveza izithelo zasende inani. I think he, he was speaking about Israel. Israel. And Israel types the church in the end time. Israel Numbers 14, verse 11. Numbers 14, verse 11, it reads in this memo. 
The Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them. As we pray, gracious Heavenly Father, this morning is us once again that I write from the Holy Bible. Amen. And Lord, we just want to submit it to you that we cannot say much without you saying anything about it. Amen. This morning, we are all listeners, including the speaker himself. And Lord, we believe that you will speak in a manner in which you will not be hindered in any way. And Lord, let the Holy Spirit that has been invited, let it continue to reign in this place. And Lord, let it take a full control and full preeminency in the believers. If there is anyone that is sick and afflicted, May God just touch them and make them whole, dear God. The scripture says you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, I know what you have done yesterday. You can still do it today. Amen. And believers are here. They may be having various needs in their hearts. I may not know them, but you know them, dear God. All I can do is to, on their behalf, plead their cause and say, God, come their way and respond to their needs. As we commit the reading of the way to you, including ourselves here on the platform and together with the church, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Now... My text this morning, or my subject, will come from where we read in the book of Isaiah, where God says, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? And then my text, my subject, I will say, what more could have been done? Amen. What what more could have been done? I don't know whether it comes with the way I want it to come. That means you have done. Something. And you expected something. It doesn't come. And you say, What more could I have done? That's exactly. I think it came out nicely now. Amen. I think that is what God was saying. What more? could have been done. That is what he was talking about when he spoke about the vineyard. 
How many know that God doesn't want any of us to go to be lost? None of us. He wishes all of us can come to repentance. Uh, God will not go out of his own way to send a person to hell. Amen. God will not go out of his own way to send a person to hell. But he, he has provided means to prevent people from going to hell. Amen. That is why I think it is in one scripture where it says he is not happy with the death of an unbeliever. Uh, it, it displeases God uh, to see somebody dying without God. What I'm saying this morning, God wants you to go to heaven more than you want to go. God has done more to make sure that you end up in heaven more than you have done yourself. If you end up in hell, you would have fought to get there. To end up in hell, it's a full-time job that you must do. You, you don't just end up there and wonder why did I get here. You've got to disregard a lot. You've got to bypass a lot of things until finally you arrive there. And once you have arrived and you look in retrospect, you realize a lot of things that you bypassed and disregarded. And those things that you may have bypassed and disregarded were put there by God. It sounds when you read in this text it seems like God was at his wit's end. He was exhausted. He had exhausted all the means. But it's not because he had exhausted. It simply says he had given all that he had. Amen. Are we together? Amen in order to cultivate the vineyard. A vineyard could be a church. A vineyard could be a nation. A vineyard could be an individual. So, when we speak about the vineyards, we will speak about it on multiple levels this morning. 
Maybe to give you a background. Israel, we know it ended up in Egypt. In, in, in captivity. It was not God's fault. It was their own fault. But yet, because they were a nation of God, God could not disown them. At no point in time would God disown you but we will disown him a lot of times at no point in time would God turn his back on you many a times you, you will turn your back on God God will not disappoint you you will disappoint him many times. You will give up on God, but God will not give up on you. He will pursue you because God is love. Even if when he doesn't want to go after you, love constrains him to come after you. Amen. Amen. Now, they ended up in Egypt for 400 years. No deliverer. No prophet. No supernatural event. Slaves with the slave masters. Being beaten up for 400 years. Stripped of their dignity. There is no, there is no dignified slave. Because they were in a foreign land. 400 years. No vision. No prophet. Their answers, their prayers never went anywhere. They looked for a deliverer because it was promised that there will be a deliverer. First year went by. A century went by. Till it was the fourth century. Yet there was no, no movement. But yet they knew that they were in the wrong place. They must have asked themselves, where is the God of Abraham? Where is the God of Isaac and Jacob? 400 years at the mercy of unbelievers. It was a terrible experience with no hope with no way out until even Pharaoh that did not know Joseph came up an evil man killed their children can you imagine being a Hebrew 
And you know that your God called your father and even came into the body to give your father a communion. I think they, when they read about Abraham and when they read how he met Melchizedek it must have been a distant memory. They must have been angry and say, where is this God? Why should we read about him? Because we need him now. Because why? They were under pressure. Have you ever been under pressure? Where what you are reading doesn't connect with you anymore. It's just a bunch of great stories that you see in his. It must have been like that when they were caught up in that cycle of slavery. Can you testify of such a God that has gone silent on you for 400 years. Can you trust him as you die, as one generation dies and the next one comes? Did was just becoming gloomy and gloomy? But God remembered his promise. And when he remembered his promise, it's not because he had forgotten. When it says he remembered, that means it brought him to an action. It's not because he had forgotten. He wanted everything to run its course. They were helpless. No way out. And God put a burden upon Imram and Jacobet. And they felt this burden. And say, things are not normal. We've got to we've got to penetrate this this ceiling that is keeping our prayers not reaching him. Every night the prophet say they had a prayer. The whole burden of Israel came upon a couple. They must have lost their joy. They must have not gone through the normal routines like the rest of the couples. They looked at the nation and they knew that this is the nation of God. They read about the God that brought this nation. And when they saw the disconnect, it brought them into a state of desperation. Every, every night when everybody was tired and asleep, Imram and Jacobeth were on their knees. And God, where is the deliverer? Hear our prayers. And God responded. Because he will always respond to a disparate prayer. When you come to God and pray, and you say, it's up to you whether you do it
it or we don't do it. Then you know surely he will not do it. But if you say God I've got no option you've got to do it. When you become disparate disparation will make you restless. Disparation will disrupt your normal routine. I don't know talking to people that have experienced that. When everybody is asleep and snoring, you are awake. Because you've got a burden in the heart. And you go down on your knees and plead. That's how this couple were like. Some, because you must remember, when we when we are under pressure, we've got different coping mechanisms. Maybe a portion of the nation they, they looked at how Egyptians live. They looked at their mannerism and they assimilated themselves into the how the Egyptians live. Maybe if the Egyptians were swearing, and in order for them to impress them, they must have sworn. And don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. A lot of people, when they've got a swearing boss, they adopt the mannerism of the boss. Because they think the assimilation will make the environment tolerable. Maybe the Israel sisters told other Israel sisters your goodness you are taking it too far. You can adjust here and there. Because the way they conducted themselves because if a slave condemns a slave master the pressure doubles up you can't be better than the slave master you can't dress better than the slave master you can't be decent than the slave master so, so some might have assimilated into the way Egyptians did things maybe some even God was removed from their vocabulary. Maybe they saw an Egyptian slave master and they, they knew the God that he loved, the Egyptian God. And maybe they must have praised that God and said, Master, your God is wonderful. In order to be accepted so that they can normalize the situation. It it was not an easy situation. But I'm convinced that Jacobeth and Imram 
refused but that we will not assimilate ourselves we will not impress these people these people are unbelievers and we are believers their gods are irrelevant to us there is only one living God he might have been quiet for 400 years but it does not mean that he's dead we will call his name no matter how many times we call his name so this couple came together until God responded through an angel and told them about the birth of Moses and Moses was born I'm, I'm building the background here after Moses was born during a difficult time it was a baby but he became the enemy number one as Pharaoh whom to the whole houses of Israel looking for that baby because that baby was a threat but the parents remembered this is not an ordinary child this is a child that came through prayer and this child is came through the supernatural means and because they knew how the baby came he came supernaturally and they knew that the supernatural God will never leave this supernatural baby no matter where the baby was how do I know how do you take a basket with a baby inside and put it amongst the crocodiles that had already swallowed the corpses of other children because when an animal tastes the human blood they need to take it down because it will kill more this this crocodile they had swallowed many but these parents look how paradoxical it was rather than taking the child away from danger they put the child into danger that one I call it faith in operation and this child now the basket was sailing on the water the elephant, the, the crocodiles were there. But God instilled an instinct to recognize that the deliverer of the nation of God is the one that is passing by. The elephant, the crocodiles respected the baby as he was sailing by. And the child grew after he was adopted into Pharaoh's house and he was raised as a Pharaoh and he adopted the mannerism of the Egyptians but one day 
there was a realization I'm not just a, and I'm not Egyptian I, I'm in Hebrew he looked at the nation in their lowly state he saw himself in them and he decided to cut ties with the royal life and say I'm done what he it was God on the move. It was God responding to the prayer. And the child grew and Moses when he came of age we know the story how he killed the Egyptian and he came and found the Hebrews fighting and he knew that it was well known then he ran away and disappeared for 40 years. I don't know for 40 years Emram and Jacobet how they must have felt. Because a prayer that has been seemed to have been answered when it's when it shows that it has not been answered, it's even more discouraging. Rather than when it was never answered. I don't know for 40 years what they went through. But on the backside of the desert, God still was there to empty out the Egyptian life out of Moses and gave him a supernatural sign. It was a miracle how Moses escaped the mighty Pharaoh because they could have killed him. But 40 years later, we see Moses coming back to Israel, to Egypt and going into the palace and confronting Pharaoh. Let my people go. Let my people go. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And for every refusal that he gave, there was a plague that fell on him and fell among the Egyptians. When the water changed from the water to the blood, it was a miracle. It was never seen before. It was showing that the supernatural God was on the move to, to, to bring the Egyptians under subjection. When Pharaoh finally said, they can go, it, it was not easy. He had to let go of his pride. He had to bow in shame. And acknowledge that all the Egyptians God have failed. And the God of Moses is the real one. When God was performing the miracle, you would have expected that the Israelites, they are the ones that should have had more confidence and say our God is on display. Our God has remembered his promise. 
The taskmasters have bowed down in shame. When they went out, they should have had confidence in him. And say, this God has done the miraculous. But when they went out of Egypt, and after they had gone a mile or so, now the army of Egypt, the army of Pharaoh, now came after them. You think common sense would have dictated? We would have looked at the army and said, this army is going to fight against this God that killed their babies. That changed the water into blood. You expect them to have looked at their track record of God and, and, and be steadfast and knew that this God is invincible. But you look at them, they've forgotten. They've forgotten the miracles that happened. They reduced God to the ordinary status. Immediately they blamed Moses and say, were there not graves in Egypt? I wish I was there and I could have asked them a question. Wait, wait, why did you leave Egypt? If you don't trust the God of Moses, why did you leave Egypt? If you saw the miracles and you saw that Moses was vindicated, why are you being shaken in the wilderness? Why don't you recall what God had done? And know that Pharaoh is nothing. But they were there trembling. Until God again responded. And said to Moses, she used the rod. Went into the sea. The waters parted. The water on the dry land. And the water on the other side. Would have expected them to say. Now we know there is nothing impossible for us. But they had soon forgotten that they had walked on dry land. When they got on the other side, when the waters were bitter, and they complain again and say, Where is the water? Moses hit the rock and they were, he was, they were able to drink from that water. Two million of them and their animals and washed their clothes. You would have expected that common sense would have taught them. This God, there is nothing impossible for you. No, 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 no. No, not later, no, soon later. Then we realized that there was hunger. And they came to Moses. Moses spoke to God. And heaven opened. And manna came down. You would have expected them. And say, This God, He subjected Pharaoh to us. 
He opened the Red Sea. The water came from the rock. Heaven opened, manna came down. You expected them to become more believers. And today I want to confirm it does not matter. How many miracles can happen? And if people were never believers, they are not going to be believers. After that, and they went until God said, These people, they must go around the wilderness 40 years. Brother Branham says, Their shoes were never worn out, their clothes were never worn out. If they had new shoes after they had walked in the wilderness 40 years later, shoes still look new. You, you would expect such a person to have more confidence in God. And when God began to look at them, how he fought their battles, how he dislocated their enemies, how he protected them, how he let them, then God says at the end of it, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it. Israel became the recipient of all God's benefits but yet they never changed until the one that created them he said what more could I have done in order to transform the vineyard. And we know what happened to that generation. They perished and died in the wilderness. And the prophet said, their journey typed our journey. You and I in the end time. Somewhat we have the same spirit or either of the spirits that operated during that time. But this morning I say, oh God, give us Joshua's and Caleb's. Give us the people that would not fall forget what God had done for them. Give us the people that can believe that we are more than able. Give us the people that will not forget that despite the opposition we will march forward. Give us the people that will make God to be credible. That, that can remember what he has done. They perished in the wilderness. It was not God's fault. God has his hands well, was clean. He opened the Red Sea. Gave them water. Gave them manna. Fought battles for them. But at the end of it, still they were what they were. You cannot blame God on that. Are we together? Let's come to another one. God comes down. 
during the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. When he came down during the Sodom and Gomorrah, it was more like our time. The devil has changed. Do you know that the devil has changed a language in our time? You can never corrupt the people until you corrupt their way of talking first. I was listening to a gentleman on radio. Because we are told weekly in South Africa 2,000 young girls are infected with HIV. And they asked this great scientist, does promiscuity play a role in these infections? His response was, promiscuity is a wrong way. It's something that must not be used because it is a condemning weight. Everyone has a choice. Do you see what he's doing to proscumity? Proscumity, they call it dating. Adultery, they call it extramarital affair. It sounds appealing and dignified. Sugar daddy, they call it a blesser. That's what's happening in our time. The devil has just twisted to the language. They no longer say homosexual, they say LGBTI community. It's, it sounds appealing. Because when they say LGBTI community, you are not alone. LGBTI community, there are others like you. It simply means lesbian, lesbian gay, gay, LGBT, uh, bisexual, transsexual. transsexual. I don't know what IL stands for. Maybe it's a new one. LGBTI. LGBTI. Amen. Community. They are a community. You, you cannot offend them. It was like that during Sodom and Gomorrah. The devil had changed the language to make what is, what is unacceptable, acceptable. But God who is rich in mercy hate the sin, love the sinner. Don't hate the sinner and love the sin. Hate the sin and love the sinner. We love homosexuals. 
Abatanda no blilo fana is the abatanda. They are our brethren. Bangaba But we reject their way of living. But yet we love them. We can walk into the malls with them. But let them know that we disagree. And not only that we disagree. Let them know that we've got a remedy. This is not just a condemning gospel. It's a transformative gospel. We don't just say we hate how you are. We say we hate how you are. So there is part two. There is a way out. That is the way out. Repent. Let the Holy Spirit come and indwell you. Yes, you can be delivered from a homosexual spirit. I know a who's married, happily married. After he was homosexual for many years. There is no sin that Christ has got no remedy for. Every sin we've got a remedy for this morning. Now, the, the angel came. Three angels. And one of them was Elohim. And they were coming to the house, the house of Abraham. I believe we only see the part where Melchizedek spoke to Abraham. But God was as well concerned about those that were in Sodom and Gomorrah. While one remained with Abraham, she went down to go and bring Lot and his family and other people that are willing out. When they got there to help them, because the community was so twisted, they saw two men that they can sleep with. How can you be so perfected that you even want to sleep with an angel? I'm painting a picture of how perfected that society was. And while they pulled them out, and by force they moved out to Lot and his family, as they were on their way out, as they were going out, they were not supposed to look back. But as they moved out, the desire of Lot's wife was still in Sodom and she turned and she became a pillar of salt. God bring you some out of something never look back. Say devil I'm done with this dirty life. And I'm marching forward in the truth. When you look at Lord's wife what more could God have done? 
Noah comes during his time. His message was simple. No deep mystery. No complication. You don't need bigger revelations. The floods are coming. Come into the ark. That was the message. Not in figuratively. Plain and simple. The floods are coming. Here is the ark. Enter the ark. Not only for a week. You know that there are people that were designed to go half the journey. And those are the greatest stumbling block than unbelievers. Those that believe the message and left the message are a stumbling block than unbelievers. Imagine it sounds simple. First year. The floods are coming. And he preached vehemently. Moved to the people because it was a gospel that they had never heard before. The floods are coming. Enter the ark. Some entered. Half century later. 50 years later the floods are coming enter the ark maybe others say we have entered he's still preaching that we must enter 
Then 50 years later, there must have been great minds in the ark. There must have looked at the wood and realized that the nature of the wood its nature will absorb the water and make this ark to sink. Because sometimes somebody with enthusiasm can mislead you. Has ever somebody told you something and you believed it and later you realize and say, What did I believe? Because they were enthusiastic when they spoke about it. Later you realize that no, 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 no. I must get that man, he misled me. Maybe 50 years later, some must have looked at the message and say, It doesn't make sense. You have been preaching 50 years. The floods are coming. No, we are done, Noah. I'm leaving the earth and left the earth. And must have told others that wanted to come in and said, There is nothing in that earth. It's just that man and his family. The someone is the same. The floods are coming. I've been in that message for 50 years. That man has lost his mind. And others must have said, We knew it. There was never a rain that came down. It is not there. We have read and we have researched. If they had internet during that time, they will create a website. A message apologetics. And will write an article. I ate a humble pie. I was misled by Noah. I thought he was a man of God. And I was there in the ark. And even in the ark, he mistreated his family. Because they were never in the family. They were never in the ark. They would have believed. And it must have gone out. But did it change God? God will always remain with his message. His servant will remain with the message. Hundred years later, Noah was still in the message. Dark, the, the floods are coming. Hundred went past. Hundred and ten years. Hundred and ten. Only eight people were in the ark. They became fools. Because of the gospel. They became oddballs. Because of the gospel. They 
became the regent because of the gospel and the ark was there maybe it remained few days and the flood did not count but no was not shaken when you know the one that spoke to you it does not matter who else speaks you remember the one that spoke to you and not long and the thro- it, was, it was dropping and as a result as the more the water came down the more the ark was lifted and the people were, were there drowning the same gracious God brought the prophet the same gracious God brought the ark he was there looking at them dying he's a gracious God but he's a God of justice this grace is not forever friends it's allocated for a season and while it is still available access it and the the ark was lifted I can ask again what more could God have done during the time of Noah absolutely nothing he did all that he could do let us come during the time of Jesus a child is born supernatural birth a vision birth he grew up he's followed by sons and wonders. His ministry became unique. And when they looked at him, until he said, if you don't believe me, believe in the miracle. If you don't believe in me, believe in the one that sent me. But the people's hearts were hardened. And they took him to the cross. And when he was there on the cross, he had risen the dead. He raised to the dead. He healed to the sick. He was there on the cross. And when he was there on the cross, the miracle happened. It was an earthquake. To confirm that the one that you are crucifying, he is the creator of creation. The sun refused to shine. The moon refused to shine. And he was there dying on the cross. And he screamed at the top of his voice. And the soldier looked at him. And truly, he was the son of God. But it was, it was over. The acknowledgement came late. Truly, he was the son of God. But what more could he have done? He had done all that he could do. People still refused. Let us come in our time now where it is evil where people are desensitized to sin where everybody does everything that they deem right in their own eyes God raises a prophet with a ministry that was never seen after 2,000 years to confirm that the same God of Moses the same God that met Paul 
said, gentlemen, none of your gods can heal this man. But there is a God that I know who will heal this man. And Brother Branham held the man. Did not pray a long prayer. Father, as you have shown me, as Jesus said, Father, as you have shown me, he touched his eyes. As you have shown me, open his eyes. And the man started running. Started shaking people. And Abraham said to him, What color of shirt am I wearing? He called it out. He pointed at something. He called it out. What was happening? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forevermore. And he was vindicated in our time. He went around the world. He had no respect for any person except God's way. He had an appointment with the Pope. And I said, when you come to him, you will bow down and kiss his ring. The Pope is a celebrity. You don't have access to that man. But here is a man that was made of a different makeup. The same makeup that made a, a, a Abednego. The Hebrew children. He said, no, no, no. I can only call God my father. But when I can call him reverend. I can call him doctor. I can call him Paul. I can call him holy father. I only reserve for God. the appointment. And he refused to go and see him. What were it was a prophet in the end time rejected by the world the tent their backs on him but did he compromise did he compromise he remained on the way he never deviated as communicated he became an oddball pillar of fire came over his head as they were debating with him. I've checked it as recent as last night. The picture of the pillar of fire is still filed of the Library of Congress Congress. at Washington, Washington, D.C. It has a document number that you can trace. They filed it there. They would never file it for this long if it was a fake. Those people that are responsible for the archives they, they are so respectful to God than ex-message believers. They respect this man. They say he's the father of the Lateran movement. They filed it there. A cloud appeared to confirm the ministry of this man. I don't know whether I told you about a testimony. 
in one of the leading universities. Maybe before I come there, let me say this. There is a, a doctor that the, they requested him to write a biography of uh, Bosworth. And then when he was supposed to write uh, that dissertation, you know what happened? He couldn't find any source of records to write about Bosworth. You know where he went? A leading professor or doctor. Or professor or doctor. Or doctor was writing his dissertation maybe to become a professor. And I'm not taking somebody. He was doing it at the University of Pretoria. He's originally from the States. He said, I searched the only reliable material that I had were the books of William Brenham. Went from the spoken word. Extracted what the prophet said about Boswell. And went to that spoken word. And wrote that dissertation. Why did he trust William Brenham, William Brenham about the life of Bosworth as a doctor? He knows that this man was genuine. And guess what? He is not a believer. But yet, those who claim to be messages they doubt him. But unbelievers rely on his books. So if a man can build history as a doctor based on a spoken word, then you want to tell me that somebody that was born yesterday that happens to have access to the internet can just write about Brother Brennan? No, sir. No, sir. At university, at university, they had a this cloud. And they said to the students, we want you to investigate about this cloud. Is it a rain cloud? Is it a rocket cloud? Just take it out. And the students were sitting there. They studied about it. And they couldn't find any answer. One of the graduates from that varsity, while he was looking for employment, he was selling some, some, some objects in Atrichville. And he was moving from house to house and knocking on the doors and advertising. Then he got to a brother's house and he knocked. And when the brother opened and looked at this young man, this young man, instead of maintaining the eye contact with the owner, his eyes were fixed on 
above the head of the owner. Until the owner realized the young man is too captivated. And he, yeah, na, he looked to see what this young man is doing. And he realized that he was looking at the picture of the cloud. And he said to this man, Who is that man? This is an unbeliever. And this brother said, Come. And he said, Brother, have you ever seen when people are excited? 1963. The seals were open. An open book came down. The angels came to visit the prophet. And in that in that cloud, in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, this young man says, "At university, we have looked at the cloud. We have researched about the cloud. We have no answers. But this morning, this morning, when I looked and you opened, when I looked." What was that? The anointing in that brother's house struck the young man until a revelation struck him. It's a confirmation that it was supernatural. And how many supernatural events took place? This man says, before one day, Billy, where are, we, are you standing? What He said, I'm standing downtown California. What downtown California? He said, Billy. What Right in the front of the building where you are standing. One day the sharks will swim into the building. That was in 1950. In the 1950s or 60s. Oh, 1960s. Now check. There is a certain, you know, property developers these days, they just buy everything and demolish and build them all. There were property developers that were buying that piece of land. And the, and the authorities had already approved. All of a sudden, they came an interest group. And they said, no, that building must not be sold. It was the David versus Goliath. The, court, the case went to court. But when it reached the court, decision of the court he said you must not touch that building I say it was not the judge there is a prophecy behind the building and that building is still standing who said those things the prophet in the end time supernatural events happen now I can ask what more could God have done in this generation? After 1,200 messages, after so many vindications, what more could God have done in this generation? I say, God has done what he was supposed to do. He has proven that the ministry is genuine. And God 
God will not be responsible if people after they have heard the truth and they leave the truth God will not be responsible his responsibility it was to bring the truth the free moral agency says you can choose or reject and I'm saying this even message believers are becoming desensitized to wealthiness they are beginning to embrace wealthiness they are beginning to be comfortable with unbelievers and my question have you forgotten have you forgotten what God took you from when you mingle with believers and behave like unbelievers the Bible says you are part of the royal family and I want to say this morning brethren let us let go of the world let us let go of their ways we are believers we are on our way to heaven and the prophet was yet to vindicate that we are on the right path once you have heard the truth and you turn on it you will flatter then brother Brown says you commit unpardonable sin. He knows the truth. But he did not embrace it. During the Jubilee, we mark your ear. That no matter how many Jubilee trumpets will sound, this man must never respond. What more? What more could God have done? As a parent, have you ever raised a child and gave your best? But still, they decide to go their way. And you ask yourself, what more could I have done? I've got my brother we took him to the best school you drop him at this school at this gate he comes out on the other gate it's not a joke it's serious there is a broken a heart of a mother that is broken because of that try this and that Nothing works. 35 year old. No responsibility. No direction. And I said to him, Do you know your immaturity will outgrow your mother? Your mother will hit the grave and you will remain alone as an immature old man. Has it ever happened to your parents where you are afraid that the immaturity of your child will outgrow you or will outlive you? It's a, it's a broken heart. You ask yourself, if I die, what will happen? What will happen? Just check the child is playing with the lights here. 
What will happen? What will happen? As a pastor, I sometimes look and I say, service after service, someone after someone, with fine ministers. And people are still immature. It scares me that some people's immaturity will outlive me as a pastor. I'm here for a season, folks. I'm not going to preach forever. If you are a young man, I keep on coming to you. Men up. Be responsible. You just walk in a zigzag manner. I'm not there forever to keep you. One day in your zigzag manner, you'll receive a call that is gone. What will happen to you? You married people that keep on fighting. We're not here forever. You've got to come at a point. What am I saying this morning? When you raise a child and it's a firstborn, you pour yourself into the firstborn. You tell him everything so that if you die, he will raise his, his siblings. And when the firstborn, after you have poured yourself, still behaves in an immature manner, as a parent, you ask yourself, if I die, what will happen? I'm preaching for you so that you as a church can wake up and mature because one day I will be gone. You look at me like you are surprised. The prophet is dead. I will die and disappear. The reason I'm here every Wednesday and not this church is not to impress you. I say, God, let me pour everything that I have so that when I'm gone, people must be established. I'm surprised with the poor quality of young men even today. Do you need a pastor to come to your house and say, you need to take care of your house, you need to buy food, for how long? What more could we do? That's night I was in the spread. I got a call from a couple that had been separated for a long time. Young people. Early 20s, the wife. Late 20s, a man. Divorced, separated. They didn't worship with me. They gave me a call. I say, I'm going. I don't care about protocol. Let me go there and help. Because I'm the one that officiated the marriage. And I was sitting there as they were talking. And it struck my heart that our young men are so poorly equipped for a family life. No sense of responsibility. 
a child being raised with beards. Umfana ekulise nenchebe. He's with long beards. Nenchebe But he's still a boy. Kodu sese umfana njalo. Play like a child. Ekhlala njengengane. But yet has a child. Kodwa unengane. And I looked, it broke my heart. And I asked myself, how many sermons have they had? How many conventions they have attended? How many DVDs of the message they have listened? Why are we here? What more could be done? What more could be done? I'm talking to you, brothers. What more could be done? Talking to you, sisters. What more could be done? Someone's have been preached. Scriptures have been read. Men of God have labored. What more could be done? You need to ask yourself. Am I responsible? With the faith that has been given to me. Or am I indifferent? And cold and formal. It's the time where the church should be on fire. Because we are about to go home. How, how, do you, how do you see it on Wednesday and not come to church? And just relax. Where well, there is church. Transport is not an issue. Brothers have got cars, they can help you. Do you think if we know that he's coming in two weeks' time, don't we want to spend our time in church? Maybe the reason we are missing is because we are not going. Have you ever seen at the the train station? station. The one that has got a, a, a ticket. on ticket Every sound of it oncoming train. They look. Is it our train? Is it our train? Those that are not going anywhere, they are selling peanuts, eating here, shouting over there, fighting over there. But those that have got a ticket, they are looking. Anytime we are going, they have got a ticket. What breaks my heart? The people that have got a ticket, they are playing with the people that are selling peanuts. That are not going anywhere. You've got a ticket. Prophet. We need to be serious. 
no, it's Sunday. You can fold your hands, sir. Sunday we can just it's a sermon. Once we are done, we are done. I went to check a sister in the hospital. And I don't know, that hospital is very careless. I got into a lift. The elevator. Uh, then it goes up. And I come to the floor where she is. When I step out, I find two men with a dead cop. Covered with a blanket. You know when you go and check somebody at the hospital, you meet a dead body. It shakes you. What's happening? And you begin to look at the, the height. What I'm simply saying, and I'm glad it was not here because we have prayed. These days, Dying is so easy until we are even desensitized. I said to the security, why will the body leave the building with the elevator during visiting hours? I know you think it's a government hospital, it's a private hospital. And I went and said, why? Why? They say, no, the lift at the back is broken. Then I say, can't you wait for visiting hours to be over? But, but the man didn't even take me seriously. He didn't see a big deal. I think in his heart, say, hey, man, is it the first time you see a dead body? I realize that we cannot use death to scare people to come to God anymore. This last appeal, their last appeal to the last appeal is for believers. Just to remind them who they are. Folks, we are going. Get your act together. God has given all. If we miss the rapture, it's our own fault. As we stand up.
one more time.
grace and your mercy that you have upon us, O oh Lord. We're grateful, Lord, that we can stand here this morning, O oh Lord, and just realize your love you have for us, O oh Lord. Lord, this message was brought forward because you, you love us, O oh Lord. You want to bring us back into place, O oh Lord. Lord, just as your prophet saw the, in that vision, Lord, he saw the bride, he saw the woman, the way they were dressing, Lord, typing the church, Lord. He saw them going out of the way, Lord. And he screamed out, get back, get back into, into your position, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, help us, Lord, to take heed, O oh Lord. Lord, not, not to be like the foolish virgin, Lord, who woke up too late, O oh Lord. But, Lord, may we trim our, our lamps, Lord. May we look in our houses, O oh Lord. Look in every, everywhere yes. that we are, Lord. Are we pleasing you, Lord? Are we living a life worthy of thee, O oh Lord God? Help us, Lord, because the time is at hand, O oh Lord. Just like that army, Lord, who were told the enemy is coming, but they, they didn't heed to it, O oh Lord, and they were all killed, O oh Lord Jesus. Help us, O oh Lord, just to realize that the word has come forth, Lord. You've spoken, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your, your servant, O oh Lord, who has been on his knees, O oh Lord, waiting for your message, Lord, and you've given him this message, Lord, that we may come back, Lord. We may heed to what you've given us, O oh Lord. Bless those, Lord, who could not be here, Lord. May you also talk to them, O oh Lord, that, Lord, we may all take heed, O oh Lord. Bless those, Lord, who have got a need, O oh Lord, whether it be sickness, Lord, or something that's wrong, O oh Lord. May you touch them, O oh Lord. And, Lord, may we just realize this message, Lord, that we are, we are believing, O oh Lord, that it was you, Lord God, not to turn around, Lord, not to look at things, Lord, that our people are talking against this message, Lord. But, Lord, to look at the promise of Thank God. Thank you, Father. We don't want to disappoint you, Lord. So we just want to live a life worthy of thee, O oh God. Help us, O oh Lord, and we ask your blessing upon us, O oh Lord, till we meet again, O oh Lord. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, the, the parents of Sister Rebecca. Good to see you. Amen. The father, I think I missed him a couple of times when I was in Zimbabwe. Oh, I missed him there. We missed each other. But the sister was the one cooking for us there. Amen. Make sure that we had much meat. Amen. 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 And we're very sorted. Amen. So good to see you. You are welcome. For, for the duration of your visit. Amen. Amen. We can just sing a song. Amen. Last Sunday I was with Brother Chetty. Brother Chetty. Brother Philip for a fellowship. It was a, it was a blessed fellowship. Uh, I'm still pleading with Brother Chetty to, to give you a testimony. Uh, he's got, he's got a, a very rich testimony of what God 
has done for him. And he's not ashamed to share it whenever you visit him. He can't keep quiet about the goodness of God. Pray for me so that I win and succeed. He normally doesn't talk in front of people. He wants one-on-one. Let's pray so that you can you can talk. Amen. So every time I was quite truly I was quite edified uh, to see what God can still do in the end time. Sometimes there is too much noises until we fail to see what God does. Amen. So God bless you. Pray for us as we pray for you. Be prayerful. Be a reader of the message. Be committed to God. We don't know. The time is fast spent. If it is not the rapture, it's your death. I always say, sometimes you never know you might be preaching to somebody for the last time and, and if you had just been making jokes and you hear that they are gone then you ask yourself I should have made most of the time that I had I preached in one service uh, and it was just a normal service in the afternoon the sister had a heart failure and died and I asked myself I say, I'm the last preacher that write the last scripture to her. I'm the last preacher that sang, that preached to her. I say, I, I was asking myself, I hope I've done a good job. Amen. So that's why sometimes we never know. May God richly bless you. You can give us a song today. <laughs>